Hey, how's it going? My name's Hunter. I'm Sarah. And I'm John. And this is our uh, resident lore nerd and fact checker dude, Mr. Man. James. Yeah. And this is Blank Bodies, a vampire that masquerade B5 tips. And sometimes a discussion podcast, too. We're getting into the nuts, the bolts, the guts. Yeah, but the speaking butts, about guts, actually, butt. I wanted to make a clarification about baby eating, if that's cool, real quick. Um, I was personally speaking about the mass of a baby. Like, if <laughs> I needed to eat the mass of a baby, I probably could if I was hungry enough. You're, the fact that you're compensating this hard is just not helping your entire situation. All right, well, shit. <laughs> of everything from that last episode, we did a listen-along to catch up together with... And your your uh, studio note is, uh, no, I was actually meant the mass, not a survival scenario. Yeah, yeah. I just like, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure we knew. It It's what happens when the men in black come to talk to you <laughs> for a long, long time. Uh, well, like two weeks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, so uh, what are we talking about today? This episode, we're talking about uh, the the two big introductory mod- modules from uh, World of Darkness. There is the Monsters, which is the freebie one, and then there's New Blood, which is the y- you pay eight bucks and you get the module and a bunch of goodies. And uh, we're also going to go over a quick uh, storyteller checklist, just some uh, list of resources for you, ideas to help get you ready to run these adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a. All right, you're new. Where where do I start? I I'm interested in these vampires and their their masquerades. Mm, yes, yes, their masquerade, masquerade. Paper faces on parade, masquerade. What? <laughs> yeah? yeah. We're yeah. not even drunk. This is awful. We're I terrible. I don't know. I've had a couple of these bourbon cream sodas. <laughs> what? You have bourbon cream soda? Yeah, the local brewery makes these canned cocktails. They're pretty oh, fun. Shit. Oh, shit. So the world can never find you. God <laughs> damn it. We got to work on your programming. I'm like, for fuck's sake. The lyric wasn't finished. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe our biggest pathos, at least for the, if you're running a game with your friends on your own time, run the game how you want. Yeah. Yeah. This is a game for fun. Uh, you don't have to know anything or about lore. You don't have to know anything about what's happening or how things are supposed to work, except for what's fun for you and your friends. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's also, I, I know there's some intimidation factor in trying to run a game. Uh, it's like, no, no, no you're, you're vibing with your friends. It's okay. Odds are none of you actually know what you're doing. So, you know, if there's a, there's a cock up, eh, it's fine. Just yeah, run with it. It's okay. No one will know. Sarah could have been making up half the things we've done in our game in systems, and we would have all just been like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. When I was running the, the module for you guys initially, uh, I did not have the Chicago by Night book, and I was literally just trying to fill time until I got the book. So I was just like, oh, fuck. What do I do? What do I do? Fuck it. I'm going to take this module and put it in a slightly different city and just kind of run with it and hope it works, and it, it did. So hooray. Yeah, but we can get into that more when we get to that part of the episode. Oh, for um, sure. I think another thing, too, is a lot of people watch a lot of these big like stream live plays and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It can be intimidating because you're not... Um, you're not actually an actor. Yeah, I was going to name names, but I realize I don't really listen to a lot of those, so I can't name a single one of them. But uh, you're not um, 
that guy who does the voice of Bender, or if you, you're not an actual voice actor, yeah. you don't have to, you know, you don't have to sit there and do like voices or anything. You just take like kind of a bit of a presence and have fun with your friends. No one really cares. Yeah. You don't have to be sitting here doing like old English accents the whole game for this to work. Nah, you, you don't have to have gamer lights. If you feel like it, yeah, if you, you want to go for it, I fully encourage for sure. Yeah, bro, if you want to set up a fucking smoke machine, I guess, or if you want to wear fangs, yeah, or a cool medallion, I'll be honest, I almost did all three of those when I was running Ravenloft. I <laughs> am fully believing that 100%. <laughs> yes, then COVID hit and we couldn't play in person, and it's just sitting alone in a room with a bunch of fog, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah, no, you're getting that full straw to like you know, experience just sitting alone in a room with fog. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you guys felt so menaced while I ran that for you. <laughs> I embodied the character just lonely and kind of cold and moist. <laughs> Ew. God damn it. Not wrong. But yeah. And, you know, eh. Also, it's like, yeah, sessions don't have to have, like, a specific order of, like, okay, you, you have an idea of, like, this is where I want the game to go. If you don't hit all the bullet points by the end of the session, the game didn't fail. It's fine. You can, oh, no, you have to spend more time with your friends hanging out and having fun. Oh, no. What they are trying to say is it's okay to have a beach episode. A filthy, filthy beach episode. I fucking love beach episodes! Yeah, that's called Lost Boys. Yeah! Yeah, but, uh, yeah you get the oily sax guy, it's great. The goal, once you're comfortable, should be to feel out what your players can get through in an evening and kind of plan around that. But if they don't, if they want to spend half their game goofing around in a nightclub doing vampire stuff, or if they want to spend half their night intimidating one thug who you meant as a throwaway fight, let go with it. You don't have to have a cinematic beginning and ending to every single game night. No. Odds are they're going to adopt the thug and you're just like, fuck, now I got to bake this guy a thing. God damn it. Oh, I miss our little Malkavian buddy. I know. What was, what was his name? Todd? Was it Todd? It Thomas. Was. It was Thomas. Thomas. It was Thomas. Yeah, you guys had Thomas, and then there oh, was Zarnecki also. Oh, yeah, Zarnecki was fun. He was just a stoner, bro. That was supposed to be a contact, and that was it. And then it became a whole story arc. Your game is most likely, you know, going to develop some inside jokes. You're going to have a lot of, like, side tangents and that kind of thing that so you're not going to see in, like, the big stream games or live play podcasts or anything like that. That's fine. No one's watching you and your friends play. As long as you're having fun, that's all that really matters at your table. I mean, like, let's be real about it. We've talked about it multiple times in that Hunter game. How often did we pause to look up dates? Yeah. You know, we'd stop and, like, and then we'd have a whole discussion about, well, you know, Terminator came out before then, but I don't know if Terminator 2 had come out yet. And that's was part of the fun for us, I think. So, like... Yeah, because we said it in the early 90s, which is a time period we were all alive, but our, we haven't fully developed memories, so our brains are... But it's kind of fun to step back into like that time period and be like, oh, yeah, we're in, we're referencing things, and then we have to go back and wait, like, wait, huh, did that thing I say make sense? <laughs> yeah, peeling back the curtain of reality, a lot of those stream games are uh, slightly scripted, so don't hold yourself up to the standards, except for the one we run. It's fully off the cup. Off the cup? <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> See, he proved it right there, off the cup. Completely unscripted. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if you've never run a game before in your life and you're thinking about downloading one of these free books and uh, getting your friends to play it with you, that's awesome. Uh, there's a couple quick terms for storytellers we run a run through. Just so you, when you see them in the book, you kind of know what they're talking about. Real basic stuff, but... Yeah. So, storyteller, obviously, you're the dungeon master. You're the one running the game. Yeah, you're the narrator. You kind of write the basic plot beats that your players will then ignore and create new ones of. And you've got to kind of cobble it together and just cry on your own time. Or get really hyped about it. Just be like, yes! That idea is great. Let's run that into the ground. It'll be fucking hilarious. Yeah, and we can do a whole episode later on about writing your own stories and campaigns. But for now... Um, That'll be in the future oh, times. I just want to quickly point out, um, if you do decide to write your own story or campaign, that's going to be super duper cool, but you really do need to recognize that your players are going to fuck it up. Just don't get mad at them. You know, sometimes they throw bottles of piss into cauldrons and completely ruin, like, hours-long work of boss fight encounter. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you were staring at me so pointedly. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I was just, random example, you see. Much like how a very dedicated conclave of aristocrats are attempting to solidify reality and keep you all fuckers alive, and then everybody just decides to fuck it up! Yeah. But yes, yeah, just just let it go. It's fine. But uh, no, I agree, with Skipper. I mean, completely unrelated. But you could have this big bad that you're planning to run through your whole game, and the first time your players see it, they could unload an entire Uzi clip into it until it bleeds <laughs> out and dies. <laughs> it's like this was supposed to be a breadcrumb for many sessions, and just you murdered them immediately. Whoops. Yeah, that was me again. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm uh, sensing a pattern. Yeah. Hunter likes to end encounters quickly. Yeah. Or start them quickly. <laughs> or start them quickly, yes. I'm, there's also that uh, 2E game where the evil wizard like popped out and was like going to give like the speech, and he was like nude and shaking, and I just yelled, call shot, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? I don't remember. Yeah, I pinned his yeah. ball bag to his butthole. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, just just be aware that in our state, if somebody's going to pay you money or services, as long as you don't touch their dick or their butthole, you're good. No dick, no butthole. Other than that, you're good. What about vaginas? That, that, I mean, genitals. That's not a dick. Yeah, it's true. So no vaginas. No, no vag. Okay. No, no fun bits. No, well, okay. Hey, hey, I didn't hear anything against taints. Are you allowed to punch a taint? I I did I opted to not because I was like that's too close. Yeah, what if you accidentally punched a dick? What then it's illegal. All of a sudden they turn around and said, "FBI fucker, you just fisted me." <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Why are you reading us to filth like that? This is entrapment. My hand is stuck in you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alistair Crowley's butthole. It just sucks you in. <laughs> I don't know, that thing's pretty wide. You could get right out of that. <laughs> but it's magic. Yes. Uh, the next big term is a, <laughs> is a turn. Yeah, so this is a little bit of how time crunches in the game. A turn is basically the amount of time it takes to do a simple task. If you're not in a fight, this might take a period of time. 
Like, I'm going to go get a drink at a bar. That's a turn. If you're in a fight, it's, I draw my gun. Yep. I punch this dude. Yeah. I run like shit. Yeah. All in a turn. Well, all separate turns. Yeah, those are each turns. I write a short message. Yep. Turn. Yep. I peruse a shelf of book titles. Mm-hmm. I attempt to not fist an FBI agent. <laughs> that, that, well, that might turn into the next chunk of time, which is called a scene. <laughs> a scene is a series of actions and interactions between a set of characters at a certain location. So a scene will consist of a bunch of turns. Though I think in most of our plays, no one's, there's not been a lot of situations where we had to pay attention to turn order, really. Not been that I deep. think that most of the combats that we've been in have been over really before the combat starts. Our uh, our party is very deadly. Yeah. And we're good at avoiding fights with anything we don't want to immediately destroy. Yeah, you guys are more of like an execution squad <laughs> that for some reason is really friendly like 90% of the time. Yeah. Well, you just got to be nice and, you know, the people who push those boundaries... Yeah, you guys don't do a lot of carrot stick. It's all just, it's carrot and then just fucking immediate murder. Yeah, when I run a combat, I like to order it dramatically. So say you guys are walking and kind of in line. I go in the order that people are standing. Or um, say monster jumps out from the side and grabs one of the players in the middle. I kind of do oh well here's who's closest so it's your turn and then your turn and then you can kind of do a dramatic order and if your players like that or you can even be like oh no i think this guy should go first i'm scared or yeah. so i'm gonna slow and it, it's more of a story-based fun as long and as long as everyone's getting the same amount of turns including the npcs it doesn't really matter that much it's not D D, so it's not as tactical based anyway I still like initiative personally because, um, like, you know, if you have a character who you built because you wanted to build, like, a, I'm a fast, speedy dude, if they just so happen to be the furthest away from, you know, something jumping out or whatever, that may not work as far as the dramaticness goes, and that could be kind of a bummer for that player if they were excited about being like, oh, cool, a combat, yeah, I can show off my, my new celerity skill, you know, or whatever. So I like initiative for that reason. Also, for me, it's just easier to just have things organized yeah. and so I know what I want to do and be able to pay attention on everything that's going on around me. That's fair. I would also say if a player has like celerity or some sort of supernatural speed and they're not taken off guard, pretty much they're going to go first no matter what. Yeah. Unless it's two or more creatures using like supernatural speed powers and at that point then you are going to have to roll right. just because that's more fun because there's tension in that. Yeah, for there, sure there are rules in the book for doing a initiative and a turn order if you so choose. Um, there's rules for if you kind of are doing a smaller combat and you don't want it to take up a lot of time, you can just do like three strikes and you're out rolls, like that kind of stuff. There, there, there are a lot of options in V5 for how to handle certain interactions and combat scenarios, and we'll definitely get more into that later on and thankfully the modules that we'll be covering walk you through that process as you're playing it so you're not just like fucking like what how do I do a thing how do I do this it does a good job of getting you through it and we'll go into more detail about that later but yeah so if you have done a collection of scenes you get a session which is just basically game night yeah your night is the session mm -hmm. 
That's whenever your game started and whenever it ended. Yeah. And a story in the system is a full storyline from beginning, middle, with a climax. This is usually done over a series of sessions, but you can always do like a vignette or one-on-ones and yeah, you can a quick thing. Yeah, basically like a and d one-shot, like a one-night, one-adventure, boom. I guess Call of Cthulhu would be a better example of that. There's a mm-hmm. lot more Call of Cthulhu adventures that are meant to be done in a night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can't that's be because one. you go crazy and die. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or just die. Or turn or, into a monster. Or all of the above, really. Yeah. Yes. That's also an episode I thought would be fun to do down the line, is mm-hmm. converting a Call of Cthulhu adventure for Vampire. Ooh, I think it cool. could work really well, yeah. but... Plans for other days. Yes. And a chronicle would be the series of stories collected together uh, based around characters and their ongoing activities. So basically, the adventure that your team of players are having over a course of however long you wish to play the game is considered a chronicle. So, yeah, it's just the name of your overall game. As long as the, even if you switch characters, as long as they take place in the same continuity, it's the same chronicle. So you could play for a year with a group of vampires, decide to make a new coterie, but it takes place in the same city. It could still be the same chronicle. Yeah, so that's a rough breakdown of time. Time. I'm not doing this again, goddamn. Time, yes. Uh, but uh, so that's the terms, basic terms you're going to see in the adventures that are more storyteller based. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a bunch of resources available for you to pull from. Yeah, the the main canonical books are there's the Vampire the Masquerade like core game book. There's a book for the Anarchs that comes with the uh, the Ministry Clan. And a bunch of information about how different uh, Anarch cities run and lore for them. Then there's the Camarilla book, which has the Bana Hakim clan in it. And a bunch of information about Camarilla cities and how the court would run and all that jazz. And there's also the V5 companion, which is a free little PDF that has uh, Zmitzi, Ravnos, and Slubri, as well as rules for running mortals and ghouls and extra goodies for character creation, which will be the next episode, I believe, is us doing character creation officially. But yeah, if you want to just, even if you're not making characters straight away, there's a lot of really good lore and fluff and gives you an idea of what's happening now, what to kind of be aware of. Those are the main books, and those books have the most um, content for storytellers and players. All the other books they've released so far do kind of air on the storyteller side. Now, there is things like lore sheets and that kind of thing that we'll get into later that players can use in character creation or later on, but it's it's mostly storytellers. So if you're looking for something to just start a game with, I would definitely recommend the core and then Anarch Camarilla, depending on the type of game you're playing. Yeah, and there's also been uh, the Chicago by Night books that have come out and then the Cult of the Blood Gods books that have more clans and more city information and more lore and fluff, but... You don't have to get those starting out. Uh, the uh, World of Darkness branding team have announced that they are in the works of producing a Sabat and Gehenna book, and they're also in the works for doing Werewolf the Apocalypse. I don't know how Werewolf's going to tie into V5, like how compatible and how interchangeable that's going to be. Uh, uh, we'll find out. 
I, fingers crossed, am really hoping they're finally going to deliver on like the promise that Vampire or World of Darkness really has given since day one, which is where all these things can r- kind of run side by side. And I'm hoping since it's taken them like four years to release a second system that they at least have that somewhat in mind this time. Because before it's like every year we're putting one new core game line out. And so there's no balance there. But I think they've taken enough time. I really, really hope that even if you don't play Monster Squad, the Chronicle, you can at least use them as like enemies for each other in a way that's not just ripping. One's always going to rip the other to shreds. Yeah, no, the rock, paper, scissors of the old game where it was just like, oh, are you a young vampire? A werewolf will fuck your day. Are you an old vampire? That werewolf needs to run right now. And mage is just, eh, catch 22. Did you see the mage before it saw you? (laughs) Yeah. Back in the day. So hopefully that, and there are more books announced. We will cover things as they come out. And as we feel like it. Yeah. And as you uh, show us you're interested. But yeah, no, if people have insider notes that they want to shoot us in the in the email, shoot us right in the email. Shoot us right in that email. Blankbodies at gmail.com or at our Discord down below. And if you're wanting to get more into just how the lore has changed or kind of get an idea of the setting if you're new to it or new to it completely or coming at it from being a old player and just being like, what what the fuck are these kids doing now? Uh, there's a book, uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary. It's basically the book that transitions the lore from the old world system into V5. So you follow one character and his adventures in trying to understand ancient lore and goes through a bunch of cities and... That's, that's, I like that book a lot. I've not read it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But I have watched some interesting YouTube videos about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, oh God, there's one really spicy interaction between uh, some of the Banu Hakim and Tremere in it that made me put the book down for a minute. I was just like, oh, fuck. Spicy enough to give you the vapors? Yes. The vapors? I just, I was like, give me that tea, you bitch. I love this. I don't know why I was so aggressive about fake drama, but like, mm, it's a good time. If you're not much of a, uh, I'm a read a really thick book kind of person and you still kind of want information, there was the uh, Gentleman's Guide to Vampire done by a World of Darkness channel on YouTube that's done by Matthew Dawkins. And it's a really good introduction because he literally is playing a character and is talking to you as a Bobby Bat it's like, oh, you don't know any of these things. Come, let me tell you what's going on. It does take a while to get through, but it's really well done, and I do recommend it a lot. And he's been working on that for a really long time. Like mm-hmm. those videos started coming out, I think, when Old World of Dark. No, maybe when around Chronicles time. I yeah, I started noticing those like around when uh, V Five was starting to come out. Okay. Also, Outstar, who now is one of the the social media heads for World of Darkness branding, her channel has a bunch of like. Lore deep dives. If you want a really quick one that's fucking hilarious, uh, the YouTube channel Near Dark does this uh, two videos with Captain Camarilla. I fucking love them so goddamn much. I'm not sure if you showed me those or not. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was the 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 80s style video, uh, like it's shot on VHS, and this guy's having to explain uh, how the being a vampire works. Oh, I kind of remember And there's a bit with them in Miami and drugs, and it's great. It's fucking hilarious. You can get through the whole thing in like 20 minutes, and you're like, I got it. I understand the system. 
Oh, oh, the gang girl's just doing cocaine in the corner. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine. yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. You had me at cocaine. and Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> you can, as you can tell, I've done a lot of cocaine in my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you're one of those nerds that likes watching uh, live stream, live table games, as I am one of those, the two big ones are LA by Night and Seattle by Night. And as far as I know, things that happen in those games are canonical for the meta plot for V5. So if you want to, you want to strap in for a lot of drama and high production values, you can go do that. I, uh, I can definitely recommend LA by night. I've not watched Seattle. I've only really seen the first season quote unquote Mm -hmm. of LA, but it was pretty great. I'm just, I'm personally not good at keeping up with, uh, like radio play style media. I've realized (laughs) as, (laughs) as an adult, like I like listen to podcasts at work, but when it's a story, I'll like turn around to like, tape up a package and then realize like I don't know what's happened for the last five minutes of this story uh, personally I can say Seattle by Night is amazing mainly because it has that bronze girl as a little sombra chef's kiss she is adorable and I love her face yes, yes. darling but yeah also complete side notes the last Gen Con that actually happened I uh, ended up having I ended up not having but I ended up doing a, a, a VTM cosplay of just a random bruja for funsies. I got talked into it. And the amount of adorable little uh, lesbian couples dressed up as Eva and Jasper from LA by night coming up to me being like, how'd you get your mohawk so tall? And I was just like, oh, you guys are precious. Just get out of here. You're great. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, no. That wasn't even a mohawk. That was a full on death. I had a fucking two foot tall death hog. I barely fit in my own car. It was great. No, I remember because we got... We met up there with my friend who was working at it, and we went to get food, and you're, like, like driving with your head tilted sideways. Well, I was, like, squinched down and just was, like, praying at that point. Because it had been up for three goddamn days. I was shocked it stood up. Praying to Cain, correct? No. You're praying he doesn't come back, if anything. Uh, eh. I mean, I don't do that Sabat bullshit, despite what all the random people at Gen Con kept trying to high-five me for. I was like, look, I know I'm wearing an... All Camry are bastards back patch, but I'm like, no, I'm not on your team. Fuck off. I, I don't believe in vampire supremacy. It's like when I make fun of Joe Biden. There's some people get a little too excited about it. It's like, listen, I don't agree with you either, buddy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Hunter likes mummies, but not as our president. <laughs> But yeah, if you're wanting to like set the mood or the tone for your table and games, there's tons of just fucking horror media you can get into like researching you know the history of the cities that you're wanting to run stuff in and just kind of you know go down an internet rabbit hole of just vaporwave that's that's kind of what uh we're kind of planning to do with this series later on and later episodes mm-hmm. kind of i know we want to review some horror movies mm-hmm. action movies yeah family comedies and convert them like say pick things that would run well in the session. Mm-hmm. Hopefully maybe be like, if you guys like this, we have like some free NPC sheets. Yeah. Once we get yeah. more into the meat, we'll have some more freebies. E. We're going to free the meat. Oh no. <laughs> monsters. The monsters. Ah! The monsters. Ah. Ah. The monsters. Ah. The people talking other than me. What? Oh, he's trying to reference us as monsters. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're literally a capitalism robot. Fuck off. Literally. I'm more of a citizen and have more rights than the blank bodies around me. We're not blank bodies. Bum, bum, dun. Nah, we're not. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, the monsters. That's the name of the free starter adventure that's available on all kinds of online websites that don't give us money. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, I I downloaded it through Drive Through RPG. Yeah, I got it. I think I got mine off Modifius, the official website. Ooh. Please give me money; it keeps me alive. Or don't. That's also an option. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, it's the free starter adventure. It's def it's definitely one I would recommend. Um, and I'm saying that because I played it. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Sarah ran it for our group. This this is literally the game that I was like, oh fuck, I need to kill some time before I get the Chicago Night book. Uh, uh, stall. Yeah, because we had pre-ordered stuff and we ended up getting our characters made before she was ready. But we we're all just like, but we want a vampire now. I'm getting the itch. Just so you know, just Sarah. Girl, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm getting the hunger. I'm feeling it. The beast is about to come out if I don't get my game I am on. at hunger four right now. Damn it. I, too, have a desire, mother. Okay, Ew. that made it gross. I don't know what that about, <laughs> But I know enough about you two's relationship to really hate that. Yep. <laughs> that one did it, not me. What? No. Yeah, it could be cut out. It's fine. Anyways, so this book, uh, this module... Uh, we're going to do our best to not do a spoiler review of these products. I am assuming if we do a spoiler review, we'll either edit it or give a time. St- I don't know how the fuck we're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm right. not the editing bitch. Yeah. I, I am the editing bitch and, um, <laughs> Oh, editing bitch. <laughs> edit. <laughs> Damn. Wait, are you a machine too? edit machine? Go. No. Oh man, I feel it's so just you. I feel so special. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just gonna cut any major spoilers out. Um, I think we can avoid them anyway. Um, yeah. We played through the it. cleaver. That literally gives nothing away. Shit. <laughs> it is technically a word in the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool. Um, we we played it. Sarah ran it for us. But I know we definitely went off the rails a little bit, and a then a lot, a lot, a lot. Because I, um, I went back and reread the module for this. I only read through the first chapter. It's cut up into three chapters, mm-hmm. um, which can be like an evening of play, or if you're like us, it can be six. Um, yeah. I mean, the nice thing about this module and the team that wrote it is they wrote it with a complete like you guys have no idea what the fuck you're doing you don't know how the mechanics work you don't know how combat works you don't know fucking anything so we're gonna give you four characters that are already done that have backstories notes on all of them sheets are done artwork all of that and as you go through the module there's notes breaking everything down for the storyteller and each chapter builds on itself. Like I was like, okay, so you learn how to do these skills and how this rolls, and then it just kind of keeps building from there. And I'm just like, oh, thank God, this is actually well written. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, I will also say I only read the first chapter because I figure if we limit it to that, we're not really going to give away anything major. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already was just like, oh wow, we did like half of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, like, the biggest thing I did is the module itself is written amorphously, so it's not set in any specific city. 
except for the fact that it's set in a Camarilla city. So I said it in a city outside of Chicago. I, I said it in Indianapolis because I was like, well, I know there is stuff here and I and I can't justify setting a cam game in fucking Gary. Like, that's not going to goddamn work. Uh, turns out now my guesses were half correct. Not really, but meh. So I was like, okay, we'll set it in Indianapolis. And then when they're done with the module, they'll take a ride up to Chicago and begin the game proper. So It was like our tutorial, honestly. Yeah, basically, it's just it's a tutorial module. It's fucking great for that. Yeah. And uh, we ran it with our own characters. Uh, we didn't use the pre-written ones, which you can do. It does change a little bit because um, there are some flashback scenes that are specifically written for the individual pre-written characters. And you can kind of just pull those out completely. Yeah, I had to do that for you guys because none of those flashbacks particularly fit for you guys. Also, yeah, that that whole flashback mechanic is called Memoriam, and that's a, the way that's written is a really good way to go over that mechanic. But you guys did not need to do that, so you solved the puzzle in other ways. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm just going to yes-and this, and we're just going to skip this part. So. I have no input. I never read it. I didn't do the homework. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Well, we can, uh, we'll tell you about things that are supposed to happen, and then you can laugh. Yeah, and then I can tell you what I remember us doing. Yeah. So uh, I thought one of the, so it starts out with your uh, group of vampires have been sent by someone, and you kind of have to determine that as a group. Mm-hmm. I believe it, it. it's not a sire, but it, I can't remember the word they use. It's. Was. Maula, somebody of import. Yeah, you are basically you're sent by someone of import, as you say, um, to deal with a incident in a city. Um, but you're all given a place to stay in a dilapidated uh, trailer home. You were schmoozy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I built a character with resources for so. Yeah, you guys had like two really fancy bitches. There, I was like, there's no fucking. Yeah. I bought, they gave us, me a free hotel room, and my character bought a penthouse just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to get a better room. And sleep in it by myself and not tell anybody else in the coterie. Yeah, no one else knew. Yep. (laughs) Checks out for adventure. It's it's a good adventure plot of you're sent to place to go do thing by important people, and the game goes over court etiquette and hierarchy stuff, and you also go through some... Investigation and different, and it covers a lot of different ways for the party to cover investigations. There's combat stuff. There's action. There's venture. You could do romance if you want, I guess. That that's on you. Uh, Bennett did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, our little himbo Banu Hakim. <laughs> I almost fired him over it. Yeah, <laughs> <I forgot laughs> it's true. Fired yep. him. You're right. Yeah. Uh, first first adventure, he almost got fired. Uh, I'm the venture. All the players in my game are in our game. Uh, are just my employees right now. So his sire had to bribe me to keep him on my payroll. He didn't have to bribe you. He did a job for you, and in exchange, he's like, please keep him employed. Okay, but he's playing a venture, so he had to bribe him. You guys basically traded boons, though. Yeah, I got him to do blood magic for me. Yeah, yeah, he did blood sorcery for you, and in exchange, he's like, please keep my child employed. (sighs) But yeah, so it kind of takes the form, not even kind of, it takes the form of a murder mystery. That's the main setup. 
And it it's really open-ended on how your players can go about that. Basically, there have been two bodies found in Indianapolis. Or, sorry. Basically, there have been two bodies found in the city, completely drained of blood. The corpses lead them to believe that this may be some sort of vampire doing this, which could be a breach of the masquerade. And they believe they're related, but they don't know who. And the local authorities, the prince, sheriff, all that are too busy with other bullshit to deal with it. So they're putting it on you guys as a test. So you have to find out who's killing people, draining them and leaving them in ritualistic poses in around the city. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that part's fine. Yeah, we did that part. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I was going to say, did, was it fun for you guys? You feel like you're like, okay, by the end of this, I feel like I understand how this works and who the fuck my character is and how our little dynamics go. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was definitely a good starting space. And at least for me, it kind of helped me when I built Gideon, let's be real. I just said vampire and then just decided to go for that. Um, yeah. so there wasn't a whole lot of like depth to him. If we're being real at the beginning, he was just a pirate with fangs. But that, like, that little campaign did kind of help me solidify, like, oh, yeah, okay, I like this character. I do want to develop him. Yeah. And let's be real, all joking aside, that is an actual decent way to come about with a character. Just find your bit and then just go with it. You don't need a deep, rich character. Don't make your ST do all the work. But if you give a little free reign to just, you know, get into the jive, that's what most people do with their characters, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like every character I've ever made for the game definitely kind of gets felt out a little more in actually the doing of things. Um, my character, Ellis, is Ventru. I kind of based him off the movie Funny Games. Um, and he turned out to be a lot more pleasant than anything from that movie. Um, it, tur it's a, it turned into a little bit more of the most dangerous game. Still some very Funny Games moments, but um, I'm not... Turns out I'm still not that bad of a person to run that character fully but i he i definitely felt him out uh, i think looking back i played him a little more um outwardly evil at the start and i kind of loosened up as i kind of felt into the character part of that i just have written as oh that's him getting to know his now coterie and the other vampires in the group and he's comfortable around them but it's just like, oh, I don't have to be an asshole actively all the time. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. So if you have players who are uncomfortable, even the first couple nights you play, as long as they're having fun, doesn't really matter. Um, they'll eventually, you know, they'll get their vampire feet. Moist. Moist. Sticky. <laughs> you know, Moist and Sticky. Speaking of which, I think I have uh, eaten an entire rotisserie chicken before, so I think I could eat the mass of a baby. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm saying. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I've eaten a whole slab of ribs before. I mean, that's a lot more meat than a baby probably has on it. Yeah, I ate one of those, uh, like, challenge steaks once back when I ate, like, real amounts of meat. Yeah. Men and Black Target acquired for Hunter next week. I mean, look, we're just talking about mass right here. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's not that much meat on a baby. Anything. There's not much meat on a baby anything. Let's be real about it. Do you, do you just want to keep digging that hole? I'm hoping to, like, I don't know, dig some steps or a ladder. Yeah. 
It's not working. Eh, it's okay. You know, you dig far enough, maybe you can just walk your way out. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll find a cave system. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or the Nosferatu. Eh. Just make friends with the Nosferatu, mm. hopefully. I guess if I got sired by a vampire, it could be a Nosferatu. Yeah. I'd prefer not. Aw. Let's be real, guys. I am... Um, I'm blanking on the word. Hold on. A prettiesman? I am very pretty. Um, <laughs> an extrovert. That's the word I was thinking of. A Toreador? I'd go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I was going to say, reading through the module, it does a really good job of outlining like challenge difficulties mm-hmm. and how to run things, when to roll dice, when not to roll dice. We talked about that a little yeah. bit already, but it does a really good job laying that out for the storytellers. So when you get to a certain scene, it's kind of there for you. Yeah, it's, there's there's loads of tables that are like, all right, if the players get this success, is this the info they get? If they get more successes, they get more info. So on and so forth, and also some info of like, oh, if they're all badly, uh, everybody's pissed. Yeah, so it, it gives you those kind of steps, but it doesn't um, lay everything out as strictly as other tabletop games do, like Call of Cthulhu or D&D or Shadowrun modules, where it's like, here's a map, here's the creatures or enemies or things in every room, here's the exact amount of coin, here's how fast your players can walk through this area, it's a little looser, but it gives you the meat you need to run a good adventure, and I like that, and make it challenging and fun. It provides the meat. You got to bring the potatoes. Yes. I was worried this was going to turn into baby eating again. <laughs> no. That's what I was worried about, Why you got to take it to baby eating? Because you on. keep taking it to baby eating. Sarah, we're trying to move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got to grow. moving on. The other module, New Blood. It's set in Anarch City. And it, it's it, it costs monies, not much. It's seven fifty on Drive Through RPG and eight bucks on Modifius. I bought it off of Modifius and then found out it was on Drive Through and was just like, "Damn it, I wasted it fifty cents." Fuck. But you know, eh. I I I am a poor and I'm like, fuck. That's like half a fucking Swiss roll cake. I haven't had a Swiss no. roll cake in a minute. No, no, no. That's not how that math breaks down. That's one Swiss roll cake. You get two for in a package for a dollar. Really? I, no, that's not how uh, it's been. After tax, it's $1.09. It's almost a whole Swiss roll cake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I read through the module. I purchased it. Uh, both the books, honestly, artwork, nice. It keeps them the, the themes of the entire, all the book. I, I am a little bit of an aesthetic slut, and I'm just like, all these books are great. They're very pretty. I like this. Man, that's a thing that World of Darkness has, like, I feel like pretty much never disappointed. Mm. Uh, there's a couple books of Chronicles where <laughs> yeah. we're like, mm. Never mind, I'll take that back. They very rarely disappoint. You could have just said Chronicles. <laughs> no, I think a lot of the Chronicles artwork is really good, but then they also hired a lot of it out to random freelancers, and that's why Little Wayne and Dante are monster hunters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was a fun evening of discovering that shit. Yeah. But uh yeah, so back to the new blood, the actual the good the good one. Uh it does also the same thing that the monsters does, but you have seven NPCs that you can pick and choose from. And as you're reading through the module, uh it gives you notes of, "Hey, if this character is in this scene, they get this information on top of what everybody else gets." Oh, that's cool. So it can be a little bit different depending on who's in the party or who's not in the party. 
I've it never... also gives opportunities for, oh, I know this information. Mm-hmm. Do I share it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Plot hooks. Also, I've never run a table game with seven vampires at once. I feel like with the what the four of us, it's already like herding cats for you a lot of the time. Well, seven would just be unreasonable. I even there are D and D modules out there that recommend like five players, and that seems like too much. Yeah. And that's like the baseline for a lot of the fifth ed stuff. They like expect you to have at least five players, and I feel like that can be overwhelming especially for a new storyteller and new people trying to learn. If you have seven people who've never played this game before, so eight total at a table, and like one person's trying to talk to the ST and character, well, one person's sitting there being like, wait a minute, how does agility work? And another person's talking to their friend. It's going to get out of hand real quick. Also, let's be real. How many of us have seven friends that we can invite to a a role-play game? Like regularly? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like if I was like, I'm running a D&D game on a Saturday, I bet I could get that many people to show Regularly, up. though? Regularly is the hard part. Yeah. But I guarantee you I could have at least five <laughs> players a yeah. night. It's just going to be different players every right. week, which is also not that fun. But nah. Some people like the popcorn stories, but... Uh, the big difference between the new Blood Book and the monsters, and the reason why I'm like, it's kind of worth paying the money for it, is you get a lot of PDFs with it where it gives you printer-friendly versions of all of the materials, and they also give you the full color. If you want the the pretty, the pretty PDFs to look at, you can do that. Ooh. It also comes with a fuckload of NPC cards, which you can print out and cut and just have, and you can use them. Outside of the module. Just for whenever the fuck you want. Yeah, just have a little stack of pre-gend NPCs just sitting there. There's ones you can for feeding. There's ones that for fighting. Food. One's for feeding, one's for fighting. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's great, because the amount of times, like, you fuckers are iced. I'm like, okay, we're going to go do this. And somebody's like, I need to go feed. I'm like, God, all right. Gideon doesn't like to be hungry. I know, but your feed scenes just turn into, I'm going to terrorize this person. That's his feeding type. I know. I'm not what? bad. All right, it's, cool. I'm not bad at all. It's just sometimes when you're like, okay, He's like we're... a shark. He's got them shark eyes. I'm really glad you never use that voice in character. Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank God. He's just a lake pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, your, your players might have fun doing silly voices, but yeah. I won't. I mean, oh, well, okay, no, buddy, Jesus. The only reason I don't like doing the Zarnecki, the little Nosferatu, is just because I was planning on him being a one-time character. So I was like, cool, I'll do like a gravelly voice for a Nosferatu once. And then everybody's like, he's her favorite. And I'm like, fuck! Zarnecki's pretty cute. I didn't mean that. No, I mean, I, I was definitely kidding, but I do specifically mean I don't like doing the voices myself. I feel like I, whenever I, I'm very bad at voices and they tend to just bleed from one thing into another very quickly. Yeah, like I can half, imagine Ellis becoming Bill Cosby. Like half your voices just turn into a bad Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there was one note I did make that I thought was a fun little like cookie to give to uh, returning veteran World of Darkness players because there's a, a start here guide for STs and, and then a separate one for players. And one of the little notes they had was specifically for returning vets, veterans of the game system, which is nightlife has changed from what it used to be before the Red Star. 
Before communism? No, but yes. The elders have closed ranks, and with the Second Inquisition, uh, with while the Second Inquisition is on the rise, and your character's hunger is now front and center, come and see how the world has changed and what new dangers must be faced. And I was just like, oh, I actually acknowledge people have played the system before and that they're taking the lore from the old system and just being like, eh, we're going to keep going. We're not rebooting shit, fucks. No, it's not a reboot. Um, I would say this is almost just straightforward continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the uh, book does come with a handy uh, five-member coterie relationship map, which is something that is definitely new for V5 that I like having, at least for an ST as a player, it's been kind of hit or miss whether or not I've actually used those. I I feel like we would use them more if we were playing in person. Mm-hmm. Um, playing online, it just becomes a lot of tabs to keep track of. But if I had like the physical one in front of me and we all had them out and we could look at each other's and be like, oh, would it be interesting if this character got brought in or some, something like that, I feel it would work a little better. And also, I will be completely honest, I am not great when playing online at keeping all my notes organized in front of me, like I will end up with like 30 tabs open and I need to look at something while we're going be like, is it this tab? Is it this one? Where are my, where are my abilities? <laughs> where are my magic powers? That's why I bought the cards. Yeah. That's why I've been making cards. I just cards. forget to take notes. That's if we're being real, you're allowed to be that player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just you. You're just like, Hey guys, I showed up. Yeah, it's that, pretty neat. That's yeah. you on the podcast too. Like, that's literally. you in this situation. What up? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think we could do a whole episode on relationship maps. Uh, they're really interesting mechanic. I think they're really cool, and they can lead to a lot of interesting role play and story. But they do take a little bit to work out, and there's something you would need to do at either a session zero before you start playing or on a side day when you can guys can kind of get together and talk it out or even before game. But it's, it's not a quick, it's not really a quick thing you can jot down. It's kind of a big group exercise at, to start anyway. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like having it for storytellers so I can be like, all right, who knows what? And then I can just kind of move things behind y'all's back and just be like, all right, what fuckery will I cause? And then make you guys go look at it. What are you going to do? Look what you did. Do you see what you did? She rubs our nose in it. Yeah, I, I just let you guys give me enough rope to hang you with. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. I mean, you keep giving me all the goddamn rope. What else am I supposed to do with it? I like rope. That's true. You do like rope. Hey, I run a pretty tight ship, though. Yeah. With the rope? Yeah. Well, I mean, you need a rope no, for No, I'm ships. the vampire. Oh. Well, then you would know all about the rope. Yeah. And why it needs to be tight. Tight. <laughs> But yeah, uh, overall, I guess the thesis on the review is it looks great. It's fucking nice. There's a lot of uh, fucking printer-friendly versions of things so you can share materials among each, amongst each other. I cannot word. Uh, think you can print things good. There's print things, good. You can print things good. There, there are things that you can continue to use after you're done with the module as an ST for like, oh, you want to go feeding? All right, uh... Random random NPCs or, you know, you have little combat stat cards for if somebody's like, I'm going to go fuck with this bodyguard. And you're like, all right, good luck. And just direct examples of how roles rule. If- mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it does the same thing like the monsters where it goes through. It does a good job of slowly explaining how the system works and what all the dice rolls mean and kind of lets you 
get into the groove thing. Another tutorial. Yeah. I would say no matter which one you pick, um, they're both really good intros. I only read the intro part to New Blood, but it's laid out very similarly. I read the whole thing, and honestly, it's one of those, if I were to run a game with people in Gary uh, as part of the Chicago by Night continuum of our friend group, I'd probably be like, yeah, we're starting with this module. Fuck it. Is it an Anarch focus? Yeah, it's Anarch focus. Yeah. So New Blood is more Anarch, and then the monsters is Cambria. So that's kind of the only caveats I would have. It's like, even if you uh, don't play in Anarch City, I think it's fair to go ahead and buy it just for the, the goodies. But if you don't want to, the monsters is great. So uh, I guess that's a good wrap-up of the two of them. Before I move on, though, do you, either of you have any advice for someone who is going to run either of those, just in general, as a tutorial, as a first game ever? I think that like my biggest advice to storytellers, DMs, GMs, whatever you want to call yourself, is like we already kind of said it, but I think driving at home is good. It's okay that you aren't going to be on the path that is written in the book. It's okay if things go kind of awry or things don't go according to plan. Um, if you've ever been to a concert or seen a play, the people on stage, they fuck up. But how often do you actually even notice? That's how I look at it. And so like as a storyteller or, or whatever, if I mess up and I say something incorrect, as long as I continue on with it, yes and that shit. And my players, I mean, I'm sure I've fucked up many times when playing with you guys. And generally, it's been a good time. But I think that's really good advice. Um, I know when we played through that module, um, there's a meeting you're supposed to have with a uh, side character. And he sends some of his lackeys to meet up with the players and make an offer for them. (laughs) And it's something they can refuse or accept or kind of put on the sidelines. Um, Instead, we thought we were being followed by the killer. And we, as players, murdered them both without hearing them speak. One. We killed one of them. Because I tore the other one through the windshield and chucked him. He was still alive. He was just beat up real bad. You you guys murdered one. And then, uh, spoilers, I guess, uh, you guys beat up, yeah, you guys murdered one, and then the other one was beat the fuck up, and then he was like, guys, what the fuck? And then you let him go. Yeah. After he told us why he was there. We also gave him some very good advice, and if he's going to tail someone, don't be so obvious about it. Or be more obviously friendly. Yes, exactly. Or just say, I have a job. Ding! I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting you guys to merc an NPC immediately because it wasn't like they had driven anything aggressive. They were just following you because in my mind, they were just going to wait until you guys like stopped somewhere that's lit. Well, they had that chance because remember... You guys were in a suburb! No, before that, we saw them when uh, one of our other players decided that he needed to stop for Axe body spray. I and know. we'd seen them then, and they didn't approach us. And so when they kept following us after that, we all immediately went, this is a threat, and it will die. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and fucking, all right, I was just like, I was like, okay, they're going to get in the car, they're going to leave the suburbs, and the moment they park, these two guys will come out and be like, hey, can we talk? And instead, you guys led them to a desolate, dark parking lot, and fucking just... I... If I remember correctly, the Banu Hakim, 
um, Hatim, right? Yes. Yeah, Hatim uh, used Offuscate and went to the driver's side door with his Uzi or his mm-hmm. whatever fully automatic gun he had. Yeah. And... Rolled a crit. Rolled a crit, so blasted this driver, and right before that, Gideon got out and was mm-hmm. using the whole, like, I'm a scary vampire boy, mm-hmm. be scared. And then if I remember correctly, Gideon blinked to the hood of the car, mm-hmm. pulled the guy through the windshield, chucked him, mm-hmm. and then Ellis was there with a pipe. Yeah. No, I, you had a golf club. Yeah, I had a it golf, was a golf club, club. And yeah. I was just kind of tapping it in my hand menacingly. Yeah, and I was just sitting there as an SE like, well, I guess they're not going to go for that deal. And we did. Spoiler. We won't talk about the deal. We did, yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. Yeah, it was it's, just kind of like, well... That happened. I'm just going to yes and this because one, it's really cool. Two, I'm learning things about how you guys want to work as a team. And three, all right. I mean, this is what you guys want to do. <laughs> Look, we succeeded on our intimidate role. Yeah, I was like, that, they were they were normal mortal goons. So I was like, that you guys, fuck, that was so much overkill. So much <laughs> fucking overkill. Listen, this is a murder mystery where bodies are showing up drained in ritual poses. We don't know what's following us. It's true. No, I, I understood the logic. That's why I didn't give you a ration of shit. I was just more like a no negotiations at all. Just immediately just get fucked and i was like oh, all right well at least you guys did it in a dark parking lot yeah but i guess that's kind of what i was getting at is like be ready for your players to murder someone you thought was going to be an important character almost immediately mm-hmm. uh they are not going to interrogate any of the goons you think they will but they will torture the one who knows the least and some <laughs> Sometimes as a storyteller, you have to just kind of let them have the clues that they are supposed to pick up elsewhere. Yeah. Or one of them's going to successfully seduce the sheriff. Yeah. Or again. He did that after we solved the crime. That that did, Don't give him points <laughs> as if that helped us in any way, shape, or form. It'll help you later. I mo- We moved. So? <laughs> or again, remember, you're the storyteller. You're the reality god. Just change the person that survived. Be like, this is the smart one that knows stuff. Now just be like, well, I rolled it, and the idiot's the only one alive. Oopsie poodles. Uh, I think that's what Hunter was saying, though, is just like, fix it. You're the storyteller. If they kill the important person, the important person didn't die. It was some other dude. Just like, that's pretty much what you were saying, and that's what you emphasized there, James. So That, or you could just take that nugget of info they're supposed to get at that location and put it somewhere else, or say they're supposed to find out this info from a guy, you know, interrogate him, or just ask him questions, and he'd tell him anything like that. They murder him. Well, maybe that info is just sitting in a text on his phone, may, or an email, or a letter, or there's some, if there's a murder mystery, there are clues your players are supposed to find just because they didn't do the arbitrary thing that you plan them to do or that the module plans to don't hide that info from them forever um that's a mistake i've made as in the past as a storyteller and really it's kind of just a bummer for everyone when your players hit a blank wall because they didn't have the clue from the person they were supposed to talk to hell you can even have another npc just show up and be like hey did you try this other thing that should have been obvious to you. You can have the helpful NPC just be an absolute bitch. I love doing that. We're just like, all right, listen here, fuck nuts. Did you try asking the neighbors? No. Well, you're fucking stupid. And then the NPC leaves. Or even better, 
the person that hired them to do it while threatening to not hire them again. Yeah, that's also fun. Also, don't be afraid to let your players fail, too. Yeah. There's some of that. I wouldn't, especially in something like a murder mystery or that kind of thing, you can extend. So say your players really aren't on top of it. If you really wanted to, you could throw a third murder in this that's a little easier to catch for them. Especially if they're new players, they're not maybe necessarily going to have the quickest thoughts on it. It's pretty good written, but I would say, especially if this is a tutorial game with new players, I would err on the side of giving them too many clues. I would err on the side of giving them too many extra opportunities because no one's going to want to come and play a game that they only associate with like confusion and failure all the time so like you can kind of give them a gimme early on and if you even if you want to run meat grindery like character destruction games later on make sure everyone has a firm understanding of the rules and the foundations how things work because the joy in that kind of game is understanding the mechanics and overcoming it and if you never give your players that opportunity to understand those mechanics or understand what's going on that will not only be unfun but it will be maybe even discouraging for them to ever play tabletop games again or for a long time. Or just let them play Paranoia. Yeah. Could do Paranoia. I I was going to say to buttress what uh, you were saying on that. Uh, You could also, yes, and a creative decision. So if they decide to not quite follow the path that's laid out, yes, and what they're saying and have that little sidetrack get them back to where they need to go. Like the whole, you guys going to the fucking suburbs to hit on somebody's mom. Uh, hey, we didn't want to hit on the mom. Hatim wanted to hit on the mom. Because Hatim is our lovable Iraqi himbo, and it's fine. <laughs> he does it. He does it well. He does it well. Also, I didn't hit on her. I just convinced her to drink and then found out she was on a bunch of pills afterwards. Yeah. Oops. I wonder if she's still alive. <laughs> Did she die after that, I wonder? We don't know. You guys never went back to check. I mean, we're not gonna. Let's be real. No, no. We're states away. Yeah. A state away. You're literally the state next door. A state away. <laughs> not even a full state away. It's like literally just freaking half of Chicago land just bleeds into Indiana. Yeah. And I well, I read through the adventure and you can, and it's expected for players to interview on one of the first nights, the parents of the deceased. Um, we decided to go. We found they're young dudes and we found out they kind of like the party. We looked up their social media and like we checked out clubs they like going oh, yeah, to that- and stuff like that. That turned into a whole side quest of you guys just exploring bar culture and running into other vampires in the area. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a good way to introduce like the circulatory system and other things in the game that I knew were going to come up. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll use this little strip of bar to give them a crash course on, hey, here are things to look for. Here's a little bit of politicky stuff. But then you guys were able to find the info you needed and then continue on the murder mystery. And that's a good thing, too, is if your players get off track, just give them some side stuff that you think's cool that's not showing up in what you've written yet. You can throw a little hint at it there instead of them hitting blank walls to be like, oh, here's a little hook for later. Yeah, it's like, well, you guys didn't go the way that led to the thing, but you found some info. It wasn't what you needed, but, you know. Eh. Yeah, it gave us some cool stuff to do. We still had fun, and it booped us back in the right direction. So I think that's a good starter, though. I would say so, for sure.
the outro, baby. It's the outro, baby. It's the outro, baby. So yeah, I think that's a good general outline of what you need to really get a game started. One of the starter adventures, the free one or the paid one that comes with a bunch of bonuses where you can find core books and free YouTube resources, that kind of thing. Um, Is there anything else, little notes you'd like to add before we go? I think it's interesting about the uh, things we've learned category here. Um, Babies, rotisserie chickens, about the same amount of mass. Tall. Seven foot tall, men in black, speaking to you all in cells for a very long time. I'm almost seven foot tall, and I am a man in black. I'm not almost seven foot tall. That's true. They might confuse him as one of their own. That's true. I also do that weird, like, lipless smile. You are a tall, thin boy. It's true. He's also pale and will sometimes look at normal, everyday objects with a complete look of confusion. I hate that you're correct. <laughs> yeah, and these ones have mirrored sunglasses and actually no hearts and are shaped like absolute units. I have mirrored sunglasses. I, I have, have a bucket of sunglasses. Awesome. But you actually have a heart. It may not be beating, but you have one. Awesome. And I'll tell you what, I've got a unit. <laughs> like a speaker unit. <laughs> but is it an absolute <laughs> I mean, all right. We fucking giga chats can calm down. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> Edit that out. But also, <laughs> also, if the news has taught us anything recently, it's that government agents are least concerned about what happens to babies. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. And on that note, you guys have a wonderful night, everybody. I was, I had to stop myself from going on a tirade and just, oh God, it's fine. We're fine. We, we were just, we're playing spoopy vampire games with our friends and having a good time. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So under what we learned. Yes. um, I'd probably say things again, where we've talked a lot to storytellers about like being confident with your storytellingness, whether or not it's professional, which it's not. I'll bet you money on it. Um, that's a big one. That's, I think, my biggest and favorite one, honestly, because mm-hmm. storytelling is intimidating, and if you don't have a storyteller, you don't have a game, as all of us know about D&D. Oh, my God, as the as the forever storyteller, Jesus Christ. Fucking, just, whoever, whatever, your, whichever your dipshit friends agrees to run whatever fucking game system, Fucking buy them a beer or a snack or something. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. If someone's running a game and especially hosting at their house, too, like, you can, you can help pay for the beer and food that night. I think they've earned it with the amount of work they're going to put in there. Um, always show up with a cupcake for your storyteller. Toss a cupcake to your storyteller? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, also, I definitely agree with you, Skipper. Uh, it's definitely fake it till you make it. That's the rule in entertainment. That's the rule in us making this goddamn podcast. We're doing um, it now! I would also like to yes and that a little bit. I do agree that one of the uh, best parts is the going off the rails. And you either need to look at the chaos and go, my story will be destroyed. I need to drive them back in a little bit if you can don't try to force your players to do anything or just go 
okay, they're weaponizing raccoons. This is fine. All right, this is the story now. And mm-hmm. you know what? Some of the weirdest stories and most fun stuff has been coming from shit like that. Yeah, I think rereading the module um, after having not played it in about a year, year and a half, um, almost everything I remember about actually solving that murder mystery were things that were not in the uh, book. It was just the weird tangents. We pulled the story in and we created new moments that will be in my heart forever. Well, that's where character develop is made. Yeah. I think is like the, the main story arc is a thing that is happening to your characters that make them do all these things, but it's the little tangents and all the weird interactions and all the probably awful cho- choices that you make that really build your character and make you care about them, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Cool. Also, shout out, uh, not shout out, but pointer to players. Um, give your storyteller feedback. Like, I mean, there have definitely been times that I think all three of us have been storytelling and we've done something that our players haven't really liked or they've been like, man, I really wish that we could have tried this instead. You talk to your storyteller, a lot of the time your storyteller is going to be like, oh, shit, Okay, cool. Let me work on that. Because if your players aren't having fun, then why are you doing this? Also, yes, ending again. Uh, give your storytellers mini grenades to just play with. Just give them terrible things that your character has done. Don't don't be a, a perfect bastion of like everything. That's that's a boring character. Give them some weird stuff. Give them the skeletons in your closet. You will be rewarded so handsomely if you're just like oh i did a very dumb thing and my character just forgot about it and they're like oh i have primed the grenade to play with yeah that's how you get stories that you play at your table to be about your character the guy who's got nothing dark in his backstory is the guy who's a bit player and everyone else at the table story a lot of the time unfortunately or edgy boy that's like i have done all the dark things brood 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 and there's no like little nugget of joy or humanity or a soft spot to be like poke yeah yeah a good balance humanize the undead as always if you are interested in anything we brought up today that you'd like to hear more about if you have any feedback for us just like your storyteller we also would love feedback if tell us what you like about the show tell us what you don't like about this show tell us what you want to hear more of you can get a hold of us at blankbodies at gmail.com. I'll have that written down below in the show notes, as well as our Discord. We're going to be building a little community there. You can come chat with us. We're probably going to do movie streams that relate to upcoming episodes. I'm going to run polls so you guys can have an active voice in what we talk about on the show. At least once a month is my goal to run a poll for you guys about what we're talking about. Um I'm going to play video games. Yeah. I promise that. Please remember to be nice in those emails. They go directly into my server. Yeah. As I say, I don't know how interested people will be, like, because I do some live stream games with a small DIY group, so I don't know if people care about vampire cosplay shit like that. Because I'd be like, oh, you want to look like a corpse? I can tell you how to do that with powder. I'll tell you what. Whether they want it or not, we'll link that below in the show notes <laughs> when it's ready. Yeah. Uh, Hey, that's a syndicate thought right oh, there. Oh, no. <laughs> Wanna watch me make bad decisions on the internet? Yeah, but I think it's, it'd be cool to kind of help build a little more community around the game. And um, if you run a LARP, if you run a stream game, if you play in a stream game, if you play on a audio podcast, if you do cosplay, if you do fan art, if you are a real-life vampire... Yeah. Uh, 
we want to interview too. Talk about, you know, do a little community building. I think it's interesting to see what other people are doing. So, ooh, if we can get like a Fang Smith, that would be rad. Oh, yes. Yes. The syndicate agent would like Lestat to out themselves right now. Uh, just just for podcast reasons. I, I, I don't promise. have don't. patience for that attitude. Not you. He the, outs the He's an open rock star. Did you not get to Queen of the Damned? We're just, I was talking about the Lestat wannabes. Oh. Okay. These are not the smartest vampire podcast. It's just shit. You're, you, you chose to stay with us. You are on the nerdiest end of this group of people. I am on the anoriciest end of this group. No, probably Skipper. Skipper is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! But yeah, come hang out with us. Uh, if you enjoyed the <laughs> podcast, give us a like, a subscribe, five stars. Rate, um, review all of the... the, the the, the bloody wheels of capitalism that we need to function. Yeah. Force feed our voices into your friends' ears, clockwork orange style, until they play this game with you. Yeah. I would say lock them in a cellar, get a whole bunch of really loud speakers, play our episodes on repeat. Yeah. No babies this time? Why do you keep bringing up these babies, Sarah? This is <laughs> fucked up. See, I was going to make a cellar joke, but now we're back on babies. I know. For the record, the Geneva Convention classifies that as a war crime. Well, if I'm the not baby at war, eating and the uh, the basement speakers. If it, I'm not at war, it can't be a war crime. It's just a crime. I mean, it's kind of got you there. They'll still classify it as that. <laughs> it's an act of torture. Are you a lawyer, bot? I have so many books in my head. You legally can't say yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Wow, we've we've reached the end. Yeah, well, thanks for making it this far. Yeah. Uh, I commend you. Uh, next week, we'll be back. We'll be making a vampire, walking you through the character creation process so that your players can make their own little monsters. Um, we're not watching the movie Little Monsters, unfortunately. No. Is it on the list? Yeah, well, I have a list of 100 monster vampire movies. I'm going to randomize them when we get to the uh, media episodes and we'll let you guys vote on like the top five we I randomize out. So Yes. We may not be watching Little Monsters, but we most assuredly will be watching The Nightbreed. Yeah, oh, I, I like Nightbreed. I recently got my hands on a copy of the three and a half hour Cabal cut. Yeah. So uh, we'll definitely someday... When we have the stamina for that sort of thing, watch that, and we can stat out all those creeps. If somebody could Venmo me money for, like, Monster Energy drinks, that'd be fucking rad. I have the stamina. I sat and watched the entire Dune miniseries in one sitting. I've done that. It's hard. If somebody could just Venmo me money so I can live. <laughs> Later. Later. All right, well. As a robotic organism. It's fine. This has gone on far too long. Yeah, we gotta stop. Thanks for listening. And have a good evening. Good evening. Bye. Bye. Nighty night.